welcome to the Destiny Podcast. We hope this message blesses you. So uh, this morning uh, we're doing the second talk uh, in my series. Last week we looked at Who Am I? And we talked about being uh chosen and we talked about being a masterpiece and we're just going to carry on with that this morning so we've just watched a little short movie called the butterfly circus um and we're focusing in on a phrase in that movie where the showman says to the young man with no arms and no legs you are magnificent so Is that a word that gets used a lot in Germany? Would you ever use it yourself? Maybe other words with the same meaning, but not. Right. Okay, so do, do you... Uh, you see, because it's really important that um, you uh, you get a, a real understanding of the meaning of that word. Um, so, can you give me some other words that you might use um, to describe something that is... I'll give you a, like a start of a ten. So, spectacular. Yeah? So, give me an example of something that is spectacular. What would be spectacular? We had an event that was spectacular last year. I'll give you an example. In our Premier League football... A team called Leicester City, who are not in the, you know, the, they're not wealthy, they're not whatever, they won the title. Now that, I could use the word spectacular to describe their performances over the season. Some people would say it was a magnificent achievement yeah so can you give me you give me an example from Germany either an event or a place or something something that is that you would say that is magnificent that was magnificent go on Concert, yeah, concert. So, who would you, you know, if you, do you go to music concerts, do you go to concerts? Depends too. So, who would you, who would you go and see? The, the last concert I was uh, was from Bethel. Right. Okay. So Bethel were in Germany, and you and and they did a did an event and you would use the word magnificent yeah yeah so why 
give me some other words that that sort of build up to this you know so the overarching word is magnificent yeah. what was it about that event it's it's not often happening okay like that um, we should be writing these down it's, so it's rare yeah okay Unique. Okay, yeah, good. Yeah, it's just the atmosphere's great experience. Okay, the atmosphere. Okay, yeah. It's a lot of fun, and you go there with your friends. Yeah. Home. Okay. It may or may not have been quite expensive to go <laughs> not that that guarantees magnificence but you know certainly events spectacular events certainly you know just out there in the world generally are expensive to attend so it's limited so yeah okay so can you can you give me another example? Maybe not an event. Um, maybe either um, a person or a place. If I said to you, "What is the most magnificent place you have ever been to?" So it's beyond spectacular. So, which mountain peaks have you? Right, is that, that's, where's that? In the Alps. Okay, in the Alps. Alright, excellent, magnificent. Um, what about a magnificent performance? Don't think music, come on. Magnificent performance, you're both football fans, come on. A mountain bike event. Okay. Yeah, so go on. So, why was it magnificent? Because he had a perfect run. And the had, trees yeah. very good. And he, was and he didn't fall off. Yeah. All right. And he won. So. Okay. So, because I, I, I want you to get more comfortable with that word as well. Right? Irreplaceable which you talked about earlier, unique, which you talked about earlier, and magnificent. Okay, so, we're just going to um, uh, have a look at some photos. <laughs> and for some reason, the, uh, the slight... Let's try that again. Um... Slideshow's gone slightly off beam. Okay, there we go. So, you know we played twenty questions, didn't we, last week? Who am I? We could have it. We could have another go if you want. Do you want another go? Do you want to? Do you want to pick somebody? Maybe. Maybe whilst we have a drink. Okay. So, I apologise that this is a um, 
this this is an English lady who you may or may not recognise. Okay, you've no particular reason to recognise, but she is a very significant person for us as a country. Okay, so if you'll indulge me for a few moments, I'm going to explain why. Um, so her name is Kate Middleton. Does that name? Okay, so go on. Marek? Um, I don't know a lot about Okay. Well, Kate Middleton. Aha. Bing. Okay. Now, in England, we have a royal family which has German connections way back. All right. So, this is um, Prince William. All right. And that is Kate Middleton. But she's not Kate Middleton anymore. She is now the Duchess of Cambridge. Okay? And, you know, magnificent would be a word you could use to describe the dress. Magnificent would be a word to dis- you could use to describe the occasion of their wedding. It was very elaborate. We closed roads. You know, it was all over the television and all the media. It was a magnificent occasion. So, what happened, okay, to get Kate Middleton from being Kate Middleton to the Duchess of Cambridge? What happened? Yeah, she married herself in the. But before, before they got married. Something else happened. He chose her. Okay? Now, it's not, we have a phrase in English, it's not rocket science, it's not complicated, okay, but it is very significant for us as people who. Uh, have a relationship with God. Okay? So let's just go back there. What happened? He chose me. My response to his choice was to fall in love. And the consequences... Now, royal. Now, you don't have a royal family, do you? No? Okay. You may or may not have a view on the monarchy. You may think it's a good thing, you may think it's a bad thing. That's not really the the you know the 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 point this morning. Um, the point this morning is looking at this event in history, we can draw some conclusions which can be helpful I think for us in our understanding of our relationship with God does that make sense? 
Yeah? yeah. You're following me. Okay. Because I've lived for years trying to earn God's love. Right? Did you, um, you know, when you were at, uh, you go to school. Uh, when do you when do you change schools in Germany? When do you go from little school to big school? What age are you? Ten, eleven, twelve. Ten. Ten. Yeah. Ten. Okay. See, because we we swap here in the. Um, in the school year, so between September and the end of July, when in that period, when your eleventh birthday happens, that's the last. That's the last year in the little school, and then you move on to the big school, and you stay at the big school for the rest of your education until you go to university. Now, I was. I've always been tall. Okay. <laughs> And uh, we like football. Um, so when they when they were picking teams, I used to get chosen quite early on because I'm big, so I can be the goalkeeper. Right? I can be the goalkeeper. So I, I really enjoyed getting chosen. Right? So just looking back at this, right? He chose me. So the captain would choose me. Right? And I would go in goals. But I went to a, a type of... Have I told you this before? I've not told you this last week. Right. So I I went to... A, we have two types of big schools, all right, for 11 to 18-year-olds. We have the ones that are really what we call academic. So they are going to produce the people who are really good thinkers and, you know, very intelligent, and they will go on to university. And they will be the doctors and the scientists and the lawyers, okay? And then we used, we don't, the system is not quite the same now, but we also had another type of school which was more technical and practical. So, and you would take an exam in the year that you're 11 to decide whether you're going to go to this school or this school. So the, the labels, you see, that we got, given were that the clever people went to this this type of school which is called a grammar school um, and the not so clever people went to a comprehensive school where you would learn more practical stuff like woodwork, metalwork and and um, uh, more you'd have a more practical education and the expectation would be that you would go on to do something like maybe be a carpenter or work a manual job of some kind in a factory or or that you get that idea do you have a similar arrangement in germany or not or do you just have one type of school oh, we have three types of school three or even more yeah, yeah. so it's um you have one school for the, for the clever yeah once then one for the middle and right. one for the lower oh um, wow you can go on, so it's um, Gymnasium is for the good ones, then Realschule 
the middle and Hauptschule. Right. Um, but if you made the Hauptschule, you can afterwards also make one year uh, longer or two years longer to get a, uh, yeah, the same as you get if you make the Realschule. Okay. And right. you can also make three years longer. Yeah. To get the A level. Wow. So there's even at those early ages. There's some separation. There's some choices being made, not by you, but by other people determining where you're going to go. All right, and and those affect you. You know the choices sometimes that other people make or are forced upon you. They have an effect. Okay, um, so the point of the story is, grammar schools traditionally for. Um, uh, sports don't play football you play football at the comprehensive school right the grammar school we play rugby you you familiar with the the game yeah okay now the main the main point the main point here for me is that a rugby pitch okay in football you have the goal don't you at each end so you have a little oblong that you've got to get the ball in the net, right? So it's about eight foot high and I don't know how wide. Okay. When you play rugby, sorry if I'm teaching you things you already know, you don't have a goal, you have like a big H, yeah? So two huge poles and a cross pole. However, the cross pole is not eight feet, it's at least ten feet, right? So... I'm nearly six foot tall, so if I'm playing in goals, right, if I dive that way, I can almost reach that post. If I dive this way, I can almost reach that post. And if I put my hands up, I can almost touch the bar, right? So I'm quite a good guy, I feel quite a bit of the goal. However, you stand me, um, so, so we don't have any football pitches at the grammar school because we play rugby, we have rugby pitches. So we have to play rugby, we have to play football, because nobody knows how to play rugby. So for the first year that we're there, we get like a concession and we can play football just for one year whilst we learn rugby. So we're playing football on a rugby pitch, right? So, um, I'm in, now I'm in, the, I'm in the goal, but the goal is the bottom bit of the H, yeah? Right? Which, it's okay because it's a bit closer that way and a bit closer that way. But it's miles up here. So, our, our class, we need to win this last game and we win the championship. Because there's four or five teams in the, in the tournament. And we lose. Three goals to one. And goals number two and number three were up here. Right? You would have needed to be foot tall to save it and up there right so after the game the rest of the team comes in and complains to me it's my fault why didn't you save them you know we you know so I made a choice back then I said I'm not doing this anymore this is too painful and I, I thought, I want to play a sport where it's just me. It's just me. Because I don't, you know, 
I tried my hardest, but you guys were... It's just too painful. So I took up golf. Because golf is just down to me and the golf course. And it's taken a long time to recover from that choice. And I tell that story only to give you an illustration of how sometimes we can make a choice in life that we think, this is really sensible. Right? It's a wise choice. It's coming from a place of pain. I don't want to get hurt again. So I'm going to make a decision. Okay. But it wasn't a brave decision. It was a fearful decision. Okay. So I chose to like step out of that environment and you know play golf. So growing up as a teenager, I spent a lot of time on my own on golf courses. Just me and the golf course and, and that was that was great. Okay? But it wasn't a great choice. Now on the other hand, I did make a great choice. I chose my wife. <laughs> and we fell in love. Okay? And we got married. But I just wanted to give you that little illustration about choices and sometimes you think, yeah, that was a good idea. No, that wasn't a good idea. Right? And you look at your you revisit all the reasons that you thought were really valid at the time, but now, uh, probably not. Anyway, this, this was an amazing choice. Um, it was an amazing choice that she made, right, Kate Middleton, because William's father, okay, this guy's dad, this guy called Prince Charles, he, and, and, and up to that level, you know, in the generations, um, royal, the royals, okay, these privileged people intermarried, right? You marry another royal, okay? You don't marry, and the rest of us, right, the rest of society, we're common. So you have the royals and the commoners. Okay, and there's quite a distinction. So her, his dad, Prince um, Charles, married you, you. You're probably too young, but she ma- he married a la- a, a, la- la- a woman called Lady Diana Spencer, and she became the Princess of Wales, right? Um, but it was arranged, and she didn't love him, and he didn't love her. They did not fall in love, really. They, you know, they were sort of, right, you're going to marry her. Oh, okay, right, yeah, you're going to marry him. Oh, am I? Right, okay. But they didn't fall in love. So someone else chose, right, and they didn't fall in love. And that marriage did not end well, okay? Um, so William's mother ended up getting into a relationship um uh, and then she was tragically killed in a car crash in Paris um, 
and it was all over the news. Anyway, um, so William, right, Charles's son, makes this incredibly brave choice, and he says, "You know what? I don't want to marry a royal. I'm in love with this girl. I think he met her at university, right, and she's a commoner, and it's like royals." and commoners, and they don't really mix, okay, but they did. And the reason that's important for, for what I'm trying to illustrate this morning is, okay, she goes from being, if I can use the phrase, plain Kate Middleton, a commoner, to being the Duchess of Cambridge, all right? He chose me. So he made a brave decision to choose her. She made a brave decision to fall in love, right? And she was transformed. She became royal, which is just like unheard of, all right? And if you if you looked into any of the, you know, the stuff about what royalty do and what the rest of us do, it's just like we would say in English, chalk and cheese, oil and water. It's just the life and, and everything is just beyond different, okay? You cannot imagine being royal, all right? You'd have to experience it. Well, you can imagine it, but, you know, experiencing it would be just beyond amazing. So, she gets a new family. She marries into, okay... So this here is our queen, still going, 90-odd, right? Um, that is uh, Prince Philip, who is married to the queen. This is Charles, so this is William's dad, who is actually now, he's remarried, um, uh, this lady. And um, two of these people are... I would, they're, they're, they're her mum and dad. Forgive me, I should know. I mean, she looks a lot like her, doesn't she? So it could be her, but I'm not quite sure. Anyway, they are, she is now, the point of the picture is, she is now, do you recognise? Uh, I think the girl up in the left is her sister. This one? So yeah. Pippa Middleton. Oh, is that Pippa? Right, okay. So this is probably mum, Yeah. Okay, this is Dad. I'm not quite sure who who that is. Anyway, the point is, she now has a new family, and she has become royal. Okay? Now, why am I telling you all that? What has that got to do with it? Well, it gets even better. Because, all right, she's queen... She will either abdicate or die, and Charles will become king. Okay? He will either abdicate or die, and William will become king. And when William becomes king, she becomes queen. That's how it works. So she's gone from Kate Middleton studying history at St Andrews University in Scotland... Right? Just like me. Except I didn't study history. <laughs> okay? 
And now, she's in there. And one day she'll be queen. One day I will be queen and my son is an heir to the throne, right? So this little guy here, right? Is it Harry? I think his name is Harry. Okay. When his dad abdicates or dies, Harry becomes king. My son will one day be the king. Now, so what? Well, let's just check the time. Okay, we're going well. So, this is what. This is what God says about us. And these verses may be familiar to you, maybe not. But what what we get to do on the school <coughs> is just think about them. Jeremiah, in the Amplified Bible, chapter 1 and verse 5. So, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you and approved of you as my chosen instrument. And before you were born, I consecrated or sanctified you to myself you okay? Yeah, sorry? Just need to look it up in the Bible in the German Bible okay yeah. so Jeremiah I don't know what is that one consecrated is it like chosen or like your um, no, consecrated is um, it, it's like cleaned but um, much more than that so, um, you would be consecrated, um, like made, made clean, made pure, made holy, yeah? Yeah? Yeah, you can go on. Okay. You see... This is a really, really, I'll say this over and over again, but this is a really key, well, in this verse, there is a really key concept, because a lot of my Christian life, I have, I, I have worked really hard at, this is a really posh word, so, so consecrated also translated sanctified. So, sanctification, it's like, well, you know how your pipe, I'll give you an, an industrial example, okay? So, you, you extract oil, crude oil, from underground, yeah? And then you refine it over and over and over again and you do all sorts of things to it get rid of impurity ding 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 and then out the other end of the refinery you get fuel you get petrol for your car 
if you take it in another direction, you get aviation fuel for your jet engines, yeah? And the, the stuff I put in the tank of my car is nothing like the stuff that comes out of the ground, yeah? So it goes through a process of purification, refining, sanctification, yeah? Does that make sense? All right? Um, so, in the church, I have been on the receiving end, so I have listened to other people teach me, and I have taught people that the same is true of my relationship with God, okay? So when I meet Jesus, I'm a bit like the crude oil, okay? But Jesus wants me to be like the pet, you know, like the, the jet fuel. So I have to go through this lifelong process of sanctification, refining, yeah? But that's not what that says, right? That says God, before, right, I was even created, God sanctified me. Now, I, I, I don't know if you can grasp that, but that is a really, that makes no sense, does it? How can you sanctify something that does not exist? Yeah? It's like, I don't know. But this is part of the mystery of the gospel. Okay? Now, I'm, I, I use that, that verse because that is, that is so, so, that's quite, um, I, I, I don't know if I can, I can grasp what you're saying. So is there no, are you saying there's no process of sanctification? Is there, there's no process of refining, okay? Well, we live life, don't we? As people and as people with relationship with God. And I want to suggest to you, you are on a journey, like I am, of getting to know God better and understanding how much he loves you and how passionate he is about you but nothing that you there's no good thing that you can do and there's no bad thing that you mustn't do that will make God love you anymore right? and make you know I think it's like I was saying before uh, last week we we for for a long time have had this goal this place that we want to get to so we're going to we're going to try really hard to do the right thing and not do the wrong thing and then one day we'll get to this place and we'll be sanctified but we won't because there is no definition as to what completely sanctified is okay do, do you understand what I'm saying so it's like you're gonna train for a race yeah and you spend your whole life training for this race but you never get to actually run in the race and you never get to finish the race so 
you spend your whole life like gathering more information, getting yourself ready to take this exam. I'm now ready to take my exam to to find whether I'm not I'm sanctified. Yeah, but there is no exam. You can't take a sanctification exam. So, did, I hope you grasp. So, so what I'm what I'm what I'm trying to get you to see is that for so long we've lived and believed that we're trying to get somewhere. We're trying to get somewhere. We're trying to get somewhere. We're trying to get to a place where God's going to go. Okay. The problem is that place. Is when you die. That's the only place where you're going to get relief from this process. Of, right? So Jesus isn't your saviour. Death is your saviour. Because that's when you'll stop trying. That's when you'll stop, you know. Do, do, are, you, are you getting what I'm saying? Now, I don't get how, it, how, how this works. Because I am capable of doing stupid things and you would look at some of and I have done stupid things you said mm, if you were sanctified you wouldn't do that yeah if you were holy you wouldn't do that because I've got a list of what holy people do and I've got a uh, yeah well holy person they look like this and they do that and they don't do that and you're doing that therefore you're not holy yeah does that make sense? So you have a you have a, um, a, a an idea in your head as to what holiness looks like, and then if somebody does something that doesn't match up with that, oh, they mustn't be holy then. So they need to work harder at being holy, and then in six months we'll evaluate them again and see if they've made any more mistakes. So you see how our activity can define our status yeah and I want you to think more the other way around and think what is my status right do I believe who I am the more I believe who I am hi Nikki right the more I would like to suggest to you the activity my behaviour will change and reflect that because I'll be doing those things because I want to not because I have to do you get the difference right so if I have to do that 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 I'm driving the car, right, down this road. Just give you an example, right? And all the way along this road here, I am not allowed to do more than 30 miles an hour, right? I have to go at 30 is the most, 30 is the most. I have to go at 30, 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 right? I get no reward whatsoever for driving five miles from here to Manchester at 29 miles an hour. If I drove all the way to Manchester at 29 miles an hour there's nobody waiting at the other end going thank you so much for that holy act yeah 
However, the speed, the, the, the police give us a bit of leeway. But if I drove any part of that journey at more than 30 miles an hour, you're not sanctified. You're driving at 35. Yes, but I'm in a hurry. Sorry. Here's my list. Top one, cross. Do you see how everything in life puts, or not everything, but lots of things in life put put the focus on the activity and the behaviour, and based on the activity and the behaviour, we will determine who you are, what you are, what label you can have, right? However, I would like to give you a label, go and enjoy being sanctified. And we'll unpack that more, right? Go and enjoy being consecrated. Go and enjoy bearing fruit. Now, I don't know, do you subscribe to Phil Drysdale's podcasts? No? Well, he talked about this verse in a recent podcast, and we we haven't got a lot of time now, but this this is an incredible verse because... Um, do you know? Do you know? When I say bear fruit, do you know what that means? Produce. Okay. So, can you, can you produce some fruit, please? Uh, and we focus on it. It's like, oh, I must do something. Then I must do something. There must be some activity, right? Yeah. Activity, activity, activity. I'll produce fruit, I'll produce fruit, I'll produce fruit. Right? Whose is the fruit? If you read John chapter 15, it's all about the vine, you know, and where the branches. So the fruit is not mine, the fruit is God's. So we allow God to produce fruit in us and through us. Yeah? We don't work hard at producing fruit. Okay? Oaks of righteousness. Trees planted by the Lord to reveal his splendor. Do you, do you, are, you, are you into trees at all? No? You don't? Oh, that's an oak tree. That's a birch tree. That's a... No? No, you don't? Do you do? Do you do? No? Well, no, the trees. Yeah, do you know the different trees? Uh, a little bit. Okay. So, do you know what... Do you know what's particularly significant about an oak tree? They... they Sorry, I'll let you answer the question, having asked it. It's not. Oak trees tend to live an awful long time and are very strong. So, the idea of being an oak, you know, righteousness, it's just a picture of strength and, yeah? We got a German word for oak? Yeah? Okay.
Right. And then this last verse that we'll probably come back to over and over again, which I would love you to learn in as many translations as you can, right? And change the you. So this is plural at the moment, yeah? So you are a chosen people, right? A royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God. You were chosen to tell about the excellent qualities of God who called you out of darkness into his marvellous light. And that's from the Names of God translation. Right? I want you to get comfortable with the with the um, the the truth that God chose you. God picked you. God thought about you. You know, like Ben was saying last week, before anything. Oh, Timo. Oh, right. Just that. Because that builds a sense of preciousness, right? It builds a sense of, I am unique. I am irreplaceable. I am, like we looked at last week in Ephesians 2.10, I am a masterpiece. And I am And people will say, oh, stop boasting, stop boasting. Pride comes before a fall. Well, they might do. I want to suggest you'll have a much more fulfilled life. Life will go so well if you meditate on your magnificence. Much more than, oh, I'm just a worthless piece of, you know, I'm just a dirty, rotten sinner. Jesus had to die for me because God told him he had to. But if it had been up to Jesus, he wouldn't have bothered, you know, because I'm not worth anything. Yeah, I'm just a... Right? And a lot of people think like that. I, I don't know whether you think like that about yourself, but you will discover over the course of the next five weeks how you see yourself, right? How you really see yourself and how much you love yourself, Right? And I want you to embrace the slightly uncomfortable at the moment idea that, ooh, could I say that about me? So could I say, I am a chosen person. I am a royal priest. I'm part of a holy nation. I'm part of a people who belong to God, right? I've been called out of darkness into his marvellous light. I am God's. I just want to pray for you that that will that truth will explode boom (laughs) so God I thank you for the truth of your word we are magnificent ones we are masterpieces and I pray that we would just embrace that truth more and more and live out of that reality Thank you for listening to the iDestiny podcast. For further information, check out www.idestiny.org.uk.